Kia ora, good morning and welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is hump day Wednesday and uh, we need something like that to get us up and moving. No, Izzy, I, even so, I know that wasn't exactly EDM, but I saw you going to that one. Oh, I like that song. Good song. Great start to the day. Yeah, it looks so fine and I really want to make you mine. Yeah, it's a good little vibe to get us into a nice Wednesday morning. Look, I'm just a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit gutted. Mm. A little bit gutted, you know, like TV personality of the year. But even myself, we missed out last night, so oh. I was a little, we must have lost our we missed our invites in, in the mail. So obviously, uh, we've been doing our own little uh, TVing around the world. Uh, just obviously haven't done enough. So uh, yeah, just obviously pretty gutted that we we didn't get invited and didn't even get recognition. No, obviously what they're doing <laughs> is they're waiting for the Queensland show to come to because uh, they know that's going to be the one that knocks it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, honestly, trust, trust me, this will be 12 times better than, than France. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're a long way into our TV journey. Uh, you know, we, we never went to broadcasting school like you could probably hear right now. And uh, <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're thriving to be the best. And we want to be the best up there with Paddy Gower and co. And uh, hopefully we can get some recognition. But uh, I missed our invite. Didn't get the invite. Yeah, well, t- I tell you what uh, did, did surprise me, mate. How long have you been back at the mm. gig? You've been back at the gig since last Friday, right? Oh, I saw you. I saw your little <laughs> longer sabbatical there, Brody Metallic. Oh, bro, Ricardo. <laughs> Beef. <laughs> Beef. We weren't sure if he still worked here, but he was finally back on here yesterday. <sighs> yeah, my mate, my mate. Oh, he's had a hell of a couple of months, is not he? Went to the Rugby World Cup, and then I we get to Queensland, and a day out, he texts, he messages the lady. He says, oh, I'm going to meet you guys in Queensland. Throws the travel itinerary into it into a spiral out of control. The lady's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to ruin everything. Meets us in uh, Brisbane, and we get there, and this guy is tired. You thought he was tired and sleeping the whole way through France? Well, he was as tired as anything uh, over at the start of Brisbane, but that's okay. I told him, well, you're driving, mate. So <laughs> you signed <laughs> you know up for it, about that driving? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the driving scene is, um, you know, he slept. He could sleep anywhere, honestly. He is... One man I know that can just not off, just like that. Anyway, we get in the car, we start driving. And, and just me, just to be annoying, I stayed awake. <laughs> and he goes, well, if, you, if you're not going to drive, you've you got to go to sleep. I said, no, I'm not tired. I just want to be up and I'm with you. He's like, mate. Yeah, I was just absolutely annoying him, mate. Uh, he's a tired soul. It's good to have Beaver back uh, in the hot seat and um, ripping into the next couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, he had a long holiday, didn't he? He did. He had a mate. He was away from when did the World Cup kick off? Oh, October? Yeah, September, <laughs> September wasn't it? September. September. <laughs> yeah, September. So we're, we yesterday was what the the fifth of December. So he's been gone all of October, all of November, and back the fifth of December. I don't, I, his contract must look he quite did. different to mine. I think. Hey, mine. Uh, in fairness, he uh, I think he got up at a cu- uh, most mornings over in France. Mm. I think he was up at like three a.m. 
to do his show and then as the rest of the day. So he would have had to rein it in a fair bit. Or there might have been some shows that we've all done when we were a little bit under the weather. Um, but yeah, great to have the beaver back. <laughs> great to have the beaver back, as you say. Uh, what is actually, what is the name of your show going to be? Because I'm thinking it's going to be what? Outback Beaver and Dingo Dagger uh, go wild or something? Is, is that what you're running with? Or? Oh, look, we've, we've got our headline now. Uh, Izzy and Beaver. It's something, it's Izzy and Beaver Queensland uh, Adventures or something like that. It'll, it'll, they haven't really got a name for it, but Izzy and Beaver's the headline. We've got a little social media following too. I think we're up to about two. 2,000 followers, 2,500 followers on our little adventures, and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, we've got another one in the pipeline coming up. Oh, really? We, uh, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna, I think they're going to pump out five seasons. Wow. Are you, are you guys like the new um, uh, Ridgey and Macca? Uh Different. Different. You know, like, it'll be easy for us to go travel around the world be disrespectful and take the mickey out of everything. Mm. Uh, but we're actually genuinely interested on these tours. You, I know you'll be amazed, but we actually take it quite serious. So Beaver's okay. the historian of the trip, and I'm on on food and and like entertainment, hospitality, and he uh, he educates a lot of the pub public about these certain areas Cause, because I know that's funny you, you have a little right but we, we do actually learn a hell of a lot on okay. our adventures like particularly C- around Queensland because while you were away and you were doing some of those reports back for us the where is he mm. and you started incorporating mm. Beaver and Beaver gave, gave us that clue one day that's the fifth yeah. biggest yeah, city in Australia. Wrong. Yeah, it's not. Oh, look, there's going to be a lot of correction <laughs> over, uh, on this trip, but that was that, it makes it funny, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, I, I uh, like that. But one of the like to think Sorry. of Beaver as the, as, the, as the king of nearly correct information. Oh, he, it's like everything, you know. You sell it like you're 100 percent correct, mm. uh, but just be a bit wary that uh, you know 20 percent of it might be wrong. Um, but it was good, good times. Like we went to a place called Winton. And in Winton is the dinosaur where they discovered a lot of the dinosaurs. They actually found a billabong uh, that over 90 million years it had started slowly coming to the surface. And there was this big, I think it was about 30 metres long footprint of big dinosaur footprints, alligator claws and everything that's all been moved. Like a puzzle took four years to move it back to this place where they've built a building over it and you can go take a good look at this billabong and they explain you can see big footprints and I got to pick up a big uh, dinosaur bone that was 90 million years old as well. Wow. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. How, how big was it? Uh, it was a femur, so I'd say a metre long. Wow. You, yeah. Did you feel a like you were in the Flintstones? I, I felt absolutely blown away yeah, knowing that I was cool, picking man. up something that is millions of years old and it was pretty cool that you got to be able to handle it. Uh, so yeah, some awesome, awesome place in a place called Winton, which is in the outback, middle of nowhere. Flies galore. Take Excellent. your fly net. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's a, that's, a, that's another brief peek into what is to come. Do you know when that's going to go to air? It'll be sometime next year. I'd say April, May. Okay. Yeah. Right. Editing to yeah. do. Yeah, just just a tad, just a tad. <laughs> Shoot for twenty four hours. Use one hour of it. You know, kind of that, that sort of sort of thing. Is that about right? One hour of filming yeah. is one minute of the show. Right. So wow. big days, and we're doing eight episodes, forty four minutes. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of editing for whoever's having to edit that. Mm. That's, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Anyway, yeah. coming up on the show today, on our show, not your show, our show, uh, Chris Harris, Jeanette Douglas and David Harvelli. So Jeanette Douglas, if you don't recognise that name, she's the event manager for the BMX World Cup, which is here in February next year. So it'll be interesting to talk to her about that. Harry, of course, needs no introduction. Uh, the second test against Bangladesh, underway tonight at 4.30. And uh, David Harvelli, just on bin back at training and... What it must be like, be a bit weird after all these years to go to preseason training without Razor. Yeah, it'd be crazy. I had a good chat with him. He said I played golf, um, but we'll have a yeah, have a nice chat with uh, David Harvey after. Right, just wanted to chat to him about the season. He it's, it's a totally different setup now that we're with the, you know, uh, Rob Penny led Crusaders. There's a lot of uh, you know missing experienced players that have that have left offshores. A couple of experienced players coming back. You know, where does David Harvey? Fit in the puzzle, Fergus Burke's out, you know, his opportunity to play a bit of 10, Lee Halfpenny's coming over, so there's plenty to, mm. to chat. Um, he'll be up and about because we absolutely smoked Will Jordan and Quinn's and Strange, so it was good. Yeah, excellent. All right, he'd be, he'd be well up for it. No wonder No, no wonder Will's <laughs> not coming on. <laughs> Still not talking to you after <laughs> yesterday. He, he did a message back, mate. Oh, if the one thing of Will, getting his head, he's gone early. And he was proud of it. <laughs> it is uh, 6.13. Uh, we do have a Who Am I for you today. $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. First clue, I made my debut in 1994, representing South Africa 72 times. Made my debut in 1994, representing South Africa 72 times. That is clue number one, double eight, double three, if you know the answer. Any ideas, Izzy? Did I get it? No, I messaged you. Yes. Is that not it? No, I don't think that's not it, is it, Robbie? No, there were, yeah, it might be, actually. It might be. That might be <laughs> it. I thought, I, you, said that you just randomly send someone's name through, and I'm like, oh, has he got us another interview today? What's going on? <laughs> I knew a... I got it, Robbie. I'm too good for you, mate. Uh, it took me too a while good. to figure out what you were on about. All right, but that, that's that's probably me at this time of the morning. Let's get into this. Round one, fight. Triple threat, the three big questions of the day. Uh, Super Rugby Orpiki yesterday announced its schedule. All the games are going to be afternoon kickoffs, is he? Be like the old days Absolutely of the NPC. Yeah, you like it? Good move? I love it. Love it, mate. Great move. Man, it's... it's... It's more fitting for young um, young kids to go along for an afternoon. You're not heading into the night and, and worrying about getting home at 9.30 and your young kids are tired and, and miserable. It's just more enticing for the, for the general fan to go along and watch afternoon rugby. And I think there's a double cu- couple of double headers mm. as well that will lead straight into Super Rugby, which I think is a great initiative. Super Rugby, because South Africa are gone, should follow suit. You know, the reason there isn't, any afternoon games when South Africa were part of it was because the broadcasting time didn't work for South Africa and they're a big player in in the broadcasting deal. Well, they're gone, so why not do more uh, afternoon games in terms of Super Rugby? Like 2.30, 4.30, there's nothing better. I don't don't disagree with you. I just wonder if you're trying to sell the TV rights for Super Rugby to, say, the English or French market, if you still have Mm. to consider that. Yeah, that, that's that's why mm. you know with Sky TV, I've always when I worked there, I was like, why don't we play afternoon games? It's because we get broadcast. It doesn't work down here for up in the north where the money is. But yeah, you know, South Africa were a big player. They're gone. Let's let's try it. Let's do it. 
few and more games. We had play a few, replays up there. We had Catch a few up. yesterday, eh? We had uh, yesterday. We had a few last season where we, we I think they, mm. they they had a couple of afternoon games. Yeah, I do prefer it in the afternoon to be honest. Um, and it's good good for families, like you say, take take the family along, and you know you don't have kids with their eyes hanging out their head at half past nine at night trying to get out of the stadium. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. Like broadcast, they bring a lot of money into the into the game. We know that, and it's very important cog of the success of, of of rugby competitions. But on the other side, we're saying, oh, no fans are coming to the games. Well, no fans are going to come to the game if it's seven thirty at night with their kids. So try and entice the fans to come to NPC are doing it with it, going to smaller stadiums and probably playing more afternoon rugby. Well, they do. Um, let's try it with Super Rugby. And I'll pick you leading the way. I'm sure they're going to get some numbers. Yeah, hopefully. That's what we want to see. Round two. Now, a uh, big story from the Daily Telegraph yesterday. The Warriors have said that if they're going to let Adam Fanua Blake out of his contract early, uh, that they want something in return. So they're going to trade a club for a player. So they're not just going to let him go, let him go. And there are four players, apparently, that they have identified that they'd be willing to take in return. Uh, Tigers pair, Isaiah Papali'i or Stefano uh, Utoi uh, Kamanu. Bulldogs back rower, Viliami Kekau, or Dragons mm. back rower, Jaden Sewer. Um, all very good players. Uh, some more with potential, some a little bit more uh, established. But if you're the Warriors, Izzy, who are you mm. taking? Who's your number one choice? Oh, well... There was looks at uh, there was a photo caught with Phil Gould and Adam Fanor Blake, Villiamy mm. uh, Kikau, whether they can have them both in the squad. Salary cap unsure. Um, I, I can see that as an as a nice switch, but I don't see Villiamy Kikau wanting to come to New Zealand. The hardest thing, Ricardo, is people wanting to come to New Zealand. Mm. You know, like you look at Adam Fanor Blake. He was at Manly. He catapulted his credentials in New Zealand playing for the Warriors. Now he's worth. Uh, a ton load of money. Um, so are we going to go to these players to get them to come over for money or the the will to help this team? Because we've had a lot of flops that come over and, and take the money and don't really have the same success like they've had in Australia. Uh, but out of these players, Isaiah Papali, he's already been here. Um, he won't come because his partner's over in Australia. So his heart won't be here. If I'm going to look at one, I'll probably go to the Dragons, Jaden Saw. Uh, have a look at Jaden Saw. He's... A nice player. It'll be straight swap for him. They're both on similar money, and it'll be an easy fit. And yeah, I, I think if I'm going to be the, the coach, I'd go for someone like that. Kurt Capewell. Well, George Cameron George was on SCN yesterday, and he said that's not really eventuating like we we're hoping, and uh, that, that potentially won't work. But for me, yeah, Jaden Saw. What about you? Yeah, I I would probably go Isaiah Papali'i. He has been here before. He's an absolute workhorse. His mum coached the, uh, the the Warriors women's team when they had one, and they're, they're kicking that back off soon. And his partner's only just gone over to be with him mm. over there. So I don't yeah. know that that's too much of a problem. It's not like she's you know really um, settled there just yet. She could quite easily come back home and pick up another uh, contract with Netball New Zealand. So I would say Isaiah Papali'i. I think we need a big that's coming through the ranks. You know, you think of a Russell Packer, Ben Matalino, like, we need to grow some and breed some of our own big men because when we're constantly – it's like the seven jersey, you know, we're going offshore, we're trying to find these big players that are, that are filling big gaps. Is there heart in it? Probably not. So hopefully we have some talent coming through that can, can fill that gap. A big man, we've had some success in the past, but now with Adam wanting to leave, it leaves a big gap. Well, I think 
we do produce them. It's just we don't hold on mm. to them because you look at who the biggest, yeah. the best props in the in the game are at the moment: uh, Moses Leota and James Fisher Harris mm. and Adam Fanil Blake, and they're all Kiwis. It's yeah, just that the true. Aussie clubs poach them and get them over there quick. Mm. So well, we need to be better. We've been tattling on for that for the last two years. I feel. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So all right, let's crack on to this one. Round three. The Aussies can't be bothered hosting the Commonwealth Games by the looks of it. Uh, is it still relevant, and would you miss it if it went? Uh, I think it's still relevant. I think of my greatest memories as a young kid, 1998, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and, and you know, you're know, going through the list of, of medalists uh, in that era, Beatrice Farmerwin in the women's discus throw, you got Sarah Omar winning the women's track individual pursuit 3,000 metre, and you got to remember that was the year when um, they had cricket at the Com Games, yeah. and we got a bronze medal with you know, Jeff Allen, Nathan Astle, with a good squad. And I remember talking to Craig McMillan about his greatest uh, time in the jersey and in, in the in the cricket whites, and he reckons it was that in Malaysia, playing in the, in the Commonwealth Games, hot as hell, but being at the village amongst all these world class athletes, you know, this is a guy that's done it all. He said that was by far his fondest memory. So I, I, thought, I still think it holds a lot of relevance. Yes, it's losing its appeal because a lot of the biggest nations, United States and, and Allah, aren't there. So, But it's still a competition. And as an athlete, you want to be able to compete. So I, I still feel like it, it needs to be had. But you cannot go on and waste all this money, particularly with how the world is, trying to build infrastructure and co. Like I've said it before. Go to these places that have already had these hosted these nations, so you're not spending millions and billions of dollars trying to trying to um, fund this and raise it. The thing I like about the Commonwealth Games is it gives athletes coming through, and I kind of, you know, I, I think the Olympics is blown out and there's too many sports now. Keep it simple, right? Track and field and all those yep. kind of traditional sports. But it gives our athletes a stepping stone and, a, and, and tournament exposure, right? So they get used to being in that. That's what I think the best thing about it is. Mm. But I like Justin Nelson's idea. Justin yep. Nelson reckons you just uh, you, you, you bid for what you want to do, but the common games happen the same time, right, in the same four weeks, but they happen all around the world, all around in the Commonwealth. So Canada will host the cycling. Australia will host the athletics. Britain will host the boxing, whatever. Uh, and that way you've actually also got 24-7 action because it's around mm. the world and there's something happening all the time, and you could probably knock yep. it out in two weeks instead of four. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. A lot of moving parts. Yes. <laughs> hey, a lot of moving parts, like being all over trying to control all this happening around the world at different times would be would be crazy, but it makes for, for a fair shout. Uh, I, I still think it's important. I think athletes want to be able to compete, and this is our mini Olympics for Oceania, so... Yeah, yeah, I, I think continue it on. All right, there you go. We're keen to hear from you too. Your thoughts on all of those subjects. Uh, double eight, double three, the Com Games. Are you bothered? Would you miss it if it went? If you're the Warriors, who are you taking in that trade option? And Super Rugby Opeki moving to the afternoon kickoffs. What do you think? Is that a good move for the game? Keen to hear from you on double eight, double three. You are listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. 
It is 628-0800-150811. All the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Plenty of texts coming through. Uh, Zaid firing a, a, a broadside across Beaver's Bow. Morning, boys. Zaid here. Don't know about Stephen Donald pronouncing names. He's not the best at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Beaver, I love my Beaver. It's one special part of the show. Beaver, he's on history, and he'll go through and say something about the place we've been to, say it wrong, and then I'll just correct him, and then we'll move forward and move on. Yeah, it's a good part. It's a good gag, man. It's all, it's all part of his makeup. You know, he does it on purpose. Oh, yeah, obviously. Obviously, yeah, no, it's mm. great. It's great. Uh, Mudgy's also texted through on double eight double three talking about the Super Rugby games. He said, look, I don't necessarily disagree, but the trouble with Saturday, mm. Saturday afternoon Super 15 rugby is it's another death knell for club rugby. Thanks for your text, Mudgy. What do you reckon is? Yeah, he's got a, f- a fair point, but just on that, Nudgy, uh, Mudgy, sorry, we when I used to play, when I played in Japan, uh, we actually we had played we played one of the top league games. I think it was at ten thirty in the morning, so it was an early start, and he got it done at one. And so, I think you could just start it earlier. I know that you've got to get through the young grades and, and co, but a midday start for a lot of these teams. I think the the players. Uh, would would be right for it because then they get it done earlier. They can finish earlier and go play it. So you could make those adjustments, but yeah, we don't want to do it at uh, the cost of club rugby. We know how important that is. Already struggles, so just do some tinkering with it. I think um, afternoon games would, would go down the tree because you look at NPC two o'clock, four o'clock, six, seven o'clock, and these three games done. It's it's such a good watch. Yeah, it is a great way to do it. Uh, Richard's also texted through. We talked about the Warriors being offered, uh, well, not being offered, but they're having a hit list of players that they want in exchange for Adam Fanua Blake. And Richard has said, hey, guys, either Isaiah Papali'i or Stefano from the Tigers, but we better be getting some coin as well. I don't want to see another case where we are paying players uh, to play for other teams like Lodge. If they get IPAP, I think uh, they'd use new Akure in the front row until they can b- build or buy another prop. I would love Joey Tarpany. Yeah, man. Get Joey Tarpany back. He'd be an absolute great get from uh, from the Raiders. But, uh, yeah, look, a lot of water to go under the bridge. I'm sure Cameron George is over it. It's probably the biggest talking point because the reality is um, Adam Fanor Blake is here till 2025. And when, when you're leaving, is Oh, you know, he's had a great year. Um, are we going to see the same? Is his heart in it? Does he still want to be there and compete, knowing that he wants to get home and be with his family? That, that's the hardest thing to know is I want to see his full 100%. I'm sure he will. He's, you know, he's got a good heart and good man, but uh, when your heart's not in it, you can tend to look forward to 2025. So they need to get it sorted really quick. And here's hoping they do. And all everybody that's tested through so far, you are in the draw as well because every day this week and next week, we have a text of the day promo. Uh, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, we have a Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack to give away and uh, the text of the day will win that. So keep your texts coming through. All you guys we just read out are in that draw already. Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas and all at unbeatable prices. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 26 away from 7. That's got a good summer vibe to it, doesn't it, is he? Yeah, is that Robbie? Cause that's, well, it's not yeah. me. He's, he's, on, he's on fire. Yeah, well, that's why I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of that band again, Robbie? Marco Road. <laughs> They're a Kiwi band, eh? From, are they from Hamilton? Uh, Christchurch. Christchurch. They, um, yeah, uh, 
disbanded of course recently or on hiatus at least. Oh, that's was it. Surfing on Mars. Yeah, that's one of their other ones. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good track. Like that, like that. All right, good stuff. Anyway, uh, let's crack into it. Uh, Bunnings trade helping you power through the to the end of the year. We've got some sports headlines for you, and I, I noticed that the Wellington Phoenix uh, were in the sports news there with Araha for some uh, bad news with another player out for the season, but some good news for the Phoenix is that they have scooped all of the major accolades to start the new A-League season. So Riley Foster, who's the goalkeeper for the women's team, and Alex Paulson, who's mm. keeper for the men's team, both being voted Players of the Month for October and November. Awesome. And Paul Temple, awesome. who's coaching the women's team, and Giancarlo Italiano have both won Coach of the Month as well. Uh, so they're cleaning up the Phoenix. Going well. Clean. Cleaning up, and that's what happens when you get a bit of success, you get recognition. So still wondering why I haven't got a recognition in the awards, but that's all right. Well done. <laughs> Keep well, it up, the Phoenix. Early early doors. Um, hopefully continue it on, but mate, they're showing signs to, to push on well deep into the to the playoffs. Yeah, they are, which is great. Uh, great to hear from them. They, they, they might need some reinforcements, particularly the women's team. They've lost a few recently. Mm. Uh, Sheffield United manager Paul Hickingbottom has played, paid the price for a 5-0 loss to Burnley on the weekend. His sacking is the first of the season for the Premier League in December, which is quite late. Uh, but it brings former manager Chris Wilder back to the Premier League club because they sit bottom and they're battling relegation. Uh, the first game for Wilder... How's this, is he? Hey, mate, here's your first game back. Can you please uh, get us off the bottom of the table? Sure, no worries. Uh, you got Liverpool. Thanks. Um, that's on Thursday. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so oh. Chris Wilder got it all to do at Sheffield United. And uh, your old mate, Eddie Jones, mm. despite What's his that? unsavory exit from Australian rugby, uh, no shortage of interest. Of course, he's been talking to Japan. Well, Georgia are the latest to talk to him as well. Following the departure of Levin. Uh, Maishavili, who was the coach at the World Cup, they only managed to draw with Portugal and then three losses. So Jones has been shortlisted alongside Joe Schmidt. Mm. Okay. Okay. I, I, thought, I heard Joe Schmidt was leading for Australia. Oh, Potentially really? taking over, over, uh, over across the ditch. You know, there's the a lot of coaches. Mm. You know, there's a lot of coaches now that are, that are available, aren't there? You've got Joe Schmidt, you've got Eddie Jones, you've got Ian Foster. Um, you got a couple talk of others. About Fozzie going to Montpellier somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, so Joe Smith and Ian Foster were leading the way to go to Montpellier as well. So, mate, when you when you when you got the credentials and there's a lot of options on the table. Eddie Jones, that's an interesting one. Where does Eddie go? If he goes to Japan, well, that just buries him deep underneath the sand because we know that what was going on throughout the World Cup meetings apparently being had. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to oh, see mate, if that eventuates. Those guys, those Aussie Junos, aren't wrong often. They had their oil. They knew. Mm. And you know he mm. knew. But it'd just be very Eddie Jones to cut off his own nose to spite his face and take another job just to say that they were wrong. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you would, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Just to keep some, uh, you know, some moral, some, you know, moral compass about him. Yeah, to try and you know, save if he, some if face. He doesn't take it. Yeah, well, save some. Oh, shambles. If he's got any moral compass left. But um, Hamish McLennan's gone, so that's a good thing for Australia. Yeah, well, yeah, that that is that's a very, and it's a good thing for New Zealand too, I think, mm. just quietly. Um, but there you go. Yeah. There are some uh, sports news headlines for you. Double eight, double three. 
is the text line. Uh, let us know your reaction to those stories. Bunnings Trade, here to help you with your new phone service. 134 Trade, call 0800 134 872 for support on all things trade. More texts coming through as well. Morning, I love the NRL. Three big games Saturday and Sunday. They promote it well, and if rugby had games 4pm, 4 4 6pm, 8pm, it PM, it'd be great for the game. That's from Troy. Totally. Absolutely, totally agree, uh, um, Troy. You could just make a, a rugby extravaganza, can't you? Like the options there is uh, just having afternoon games back to back to back. That's why I love the NPC when you watch it because it's just back to back to back. You know, you don't know who's playing, but you know there's a game afterwards, and then you switch it on, and you got a you got an absolute doozy. So they need to be better there with promoting the game and, and making it more, more viable for. Watches live and people on television, and I'm thought, sure NRL always leading the way. The only trouble is, Rick, is obviously collisions. Yeah. Not collisions, they mean like double ups with, with multiple sports. So a lot of it we have to be tinkering around the NRL, where does Super Rugby fit, and, and so on. Yeah, and I, I thought I'd, I'd bring this up as well while we're talking NRL, um, because, you know, the whole Madge Maguire scenario about. Mm. Um, you know, Kempi was uh, was passionate about this, saying he can't coach New South Wales and New Zealand because of eligibility. Mm. You know, it's it's too much of a yeah. clash. Um, but this is coming out now. It says, and what would be an era-defining move? The Australian Rugby League is considering changing eligibility rules for state of origin. The the news comes after Michael Maguire is apparently going to be providing advice on an overhaul of state of origin eligibility rules. And if you're Queensland, you've got to be pissed at this, right? They New South Wales get a new coach, and all of a sudden they're saying to him, mate, how can we change the eligibility? That doesn't look great. But one of the rules in regard to whether Origin should be open to all players who meet state guidelines that have already pledged their allegiance to Tier 1 nations like New Zealand and Australia uh, and England. For example, Victor Radley for England and Dallin Watini-Zelizniak from New Zealand could play for New South Wales in state of Origin. And Ronaldo Mulitalo and Brandon Smith could represent Queensland. Mm. Uh, now Brent Tate, uh, Brent Tate, big uh, you know big presence here at the Warriors and things. Uh, this is what he had to say on SENQ yesterday. I'd be horrified to think that they'd do something like that. Um, you know, it's the greatest concept. It's born out of you know living in Queensland or you know living in New South Wales and having passion for the jersey. Um, mate, if they did that, I don't think I'd watch it because it's not what it's about. Um, it's not what the fabric of State of Origin is born about. And I think if they did it and opened it up, it completely changes the concept of State of Origin. So for me, they're really dicing with danger there. It's, you know, it's the greatest jewel in the crown of rugby league. And there's an old saying, mate, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Going hard. I wouldn't you watch to... it, he says. Mm. Well, you have to agree. Like, it's state against state, mate against mate, you know. Like, that, that's why it is what it is today. Um you know, like, he's got a fair point. It just breaks all the reasoning behind the, the game that is state of origin. But then on the flip side, does that enhance the international game or does it dampen the game? I don't know. What, what do you reckon? Well, I think it damages the kangaroos because yeah. effectively state of origin's always been in kangaroo trial. Now, as yeah. it stands, there's probably half a dozen players that play in it that are going to play for Tonga or Samoa. Yeah. Right, but if you allow Kiwis and you know the odd Pom who's played their first grade league uh, in Aussie, and as well, you could be looking at less than half of the players playing actually eligible to play for the Kangaroos. Mm. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I don't see them doing it. I don't see them doing it. But anything will, will 
will try and enhance in New South Wales at the moment because at the moment they're struggling. So, look, they're going to have a look at it, but I don't think uh, Rugby League Australia would go down that line because it will just damage the game and state of origin won't be what it is today. It's, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest series watched in Australia at the moment and they're about to take it over to the United States. It loses its appeal and it just I just don't think it will happen. And Brent Tate, he's played a lot. He's a Queenslander through and through. He's saying no. You got to listen to the old players. Yep, you got to, and uh, be keen to hear from you too. Double eight, double three. Let us know what you think. It is eighteen away from seven. Love racing up next. Thirteen away from seven here on SENZ. Is Ian Kempi for breakfast? Double eight, double three is how you can get hold of us. Mark has texted through. Morning, boys. Is it must have been some interesting shots hit yesterday with that wind? <laughs> yeah, it was very windy. <clears throat> Trust me, it was it was tough, but. Uh, wasn't too bad. I, I, I lost to David Harvilli for the first time ever. But, hey, I haven't got my clubs there in Auckland, so I had to use his, Quinn and Strange's driver, and, and I was shuffling. So it's like, you know, go in the building site without your hammer. You don't really get the same work done. But uh, it was a struggle, but enjoyed it. We won the money in the end. That's the main thing, mate. That's the main thing. All right, let's crack into it. Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. Izzy, what do you got for us? Yeah, some exciting news for punters around New Zealand. It's been more than a year since New Zealand punters have seen Aegon step out on race day in his homeland, but they will get their fix of the gouting when he lines up in the Group 1 TAB Classic on Saturday. The son of Sacred Falls was runner-up behind Prestefer in the Trentham feature last year when run as the Captain Cook stakes and trainer and part owner Andrew Forsman is hoping he can get one better this year. I think it's going to be a big enough field from looking at the nominations. The key with him is that we are desperately hoping he draws a decent barrier. Since his last New Zealand outing, Aegon has campaigned in Australia and Hong Kong with his best result coming in the Group 2 PB Lawrence Stakes at Caulfield in August when third behind fellow Kiwi bred Mr Brightside. He subsequently returned to New Zealand for a freshen up and has pleased Forsman with his progress ahead of Saturday's return, winning his 1,200-metre trial at Topol last month. I'm really happy with him, he said. It's been nice to get two trials in him in a perfect world or even a lead-up run, but there wasn't anything suitable for him. First up over a mile up against horses that are fit will be a question mark, but we're just hoping his class can overcome that. Following Saturday, Forsman is itching to get Aegon up over 2,000 metres for just the second time in his career. We'll take it race by race with him, but we would like to get him 2,000 metres at some point. Whether that is the Zabil Classic Group 1 2,000 metre or keep him a little bit fresh for the Thorndon Group 1 1,600 metre and then go to the Herbie Dyke Group 1 2,000 metre. We just have to, got to work that out and that will indicate how he performs on Saturday. So Aegon fans, he is back, and he's racing on New Zealand shores. And just a quick one, high-priced Karaka purchase set to make its debut. Mad Max is set to make his much-anticipated debut this week, but where is yet to be decided? Trainer Andrew Forsman, in partnership with Bloodstock agent Andrew Williams, went to the 575000 to secure the seven bill guarding out of Okia Lodge, New Zealand Bloodstock, ready to run sale draft last year. It's had three trials and it's won them all. So it'll either race this Thursday in New Plymouth or Rotorua on Sunday. So Mad Max, all you thoroughbred uh, enthusiasts that have been watching this one with interest, it'll either race Thursday or Sunday. So there you go. Bit of love racing update, some big names taking the field this week.
Mad Max, great name, throwback. Mm. It was one of the first movies I remember going in with my mates to see was, uh, and this this will age me a bit, uh, <laughs> was the third Mad Max uh, movie with Tina Turner, Beyond the Pleasure Dome. Or whatever, was mm. it Pleasure Dome? No, was it? That's Frankie, it goes to Hollywood. Thunderdome, Beyond the Thunderdome, there you go. We don't That's need a no- good movie. We don't need another That's hero came out of that movie, mate, there you N- go. Nah. No, we don't. But Aegon, you remember the colours, green mm. sleeves, white and red hoops or stripes and uh it's gonna make a weird comeback. It's been in Australia. Didn't try to get the didn't kinda of get the success success it was after over there, but it's back on New Zealand shores and hopefully we can see uh some positive signs when it takes the takes the course. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. It is eight away from seven. Keep your text rolling through double eight double three. We'll get to more of those next. We are not too far away from 7 o'clock. A few texts coming through around um, Tate and his comments and, and State of Origin and uh, changing eligibility eligibility laws uh, for State of Origin. I wonder if it would make any difference to Kiwis, because I know you're a Queensland fan, is he? Would it make any difference to you if there were Kiwis playing State of Origin and say one year there were three Kiwis playing for New South Wales but none had made Queensland? Would that change your support? Uh... It'll probably encourage us to watch it a little bit more. You know, I love watching the Kiwis probably more than than watching the State of Origin because obviously that's our team. Um, but if I knew there was a couple of Kiwis playing over there, I'd probably enjoy it from what uh, the terms of watching them. But knowing the history and you know what State of Origin is about, you know, it's Australia's state game. Uh, it probably lose its appeal. You know, I actually agree totally with, with Brent Tate and his comments. It just won't have the same appeal and, and people will switch off. You know, from Queenslanders and New South Wales people, you know, I know they've got a couple of listeners from Australia. From that sense, you know, if there was a couple of Kiwis playing, would you watch it? Would that switch you off, turn you off the game, mm. knowing that you got a couple of Kiwis fulfilling a role that potentially Queensland bred and born, raised players aren't playing because some Kiwis are playing it. It'd be interesting to hear from Aussies, actually, how many of them feel mm. like Tate and how many of them just go, we just want the best players. Will it make Origin yeah. a better spectacle if you can select those other players? Yeah, definitely, bro. Yeah, I'm just getting a morning. Good morning from the kitties here. Oh, morning, morning, kids. Say so morning, go. everyone. Yeah. yeah, there you go, Tilly. Nice work, mate. Nice work. Uh, looking, looking like she's half ready for school, at least. Half ready for school, eh, darling? Kempe's away. He's on holiday. I know. Oh, yes. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Obviously, I'm a poor replacement. The the shrug and the roll of the eyes and the throw the head back is like, It's because you didn't buy her a present, Ricardo. You've got to buy her a gift. Oh, is that what it is? The way the kid's heart is through presents. He always buys you presents. He's he's, he's naughty. Hello, hello. He's he's the soft uncle. Hey. He's a soft uncle. He's a soft uncle. Yeah. How many horses has he bought her? He's given her one. Yeah. He just asked me, apparently. He's going right. to. Well, they need to put him give somewhere. Her one. Sorry, bro. I've got a crying son here. You oh, carry us through. All right. Will do, mate. You go sort that out. Uh, we are coming up to 7 o'clock after 7 o'clock. Chris Harris is going to join us. Uh, of course, the White Ferns yesterday lost the second T20 to Pakistan. It's the first time we've lost a series to any of the subcontinent uh, teams in New Zealand, the White Ferns. What is going on there? We'll find that out. Also, the Black Caps take on Bangladesh in the second test. Need to win that one to avoid losing the series. Chris Harris is going to join us after the latest in news from Aroha. Thanks to Kubota. They have their new stock catalogue out now. 
It's four past seven here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Kia ora, welcome into the show. We are coming up this hour. We are going to talk BMX World Cup. That is uh, our, uh, coming to New Zealand in February, and part of the uh, team that is going to be running that is Jeanette Douglas. She joins us uh, before eight o'clock. We also uh, are going to catch up after eight o'clock with David Havili as well. Uh, find out how his golf game with well, Izzy really went. Uh, and uh, we also have a Who Am I for you as well. Uh, there's a $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs here. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Clue number two, I've been to three com games and I came away with two golds and a silver. Who am I? Double eight, double three. It's Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. At your local night and day. Need one of those right about now. Uh, I know a man who will be fit and firing and ready to go is the man they call Harry, Chris Harris, uh, out of the SCN office in Christchurch. Uh, morning, Harry. How are you doing? Good, Ricardo. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for uh, making time for us uh, early this morning, mate. Uh, uh, first up, uh, I suppose we should really talk uh, White Ferns, mate, and... Uh, we mm. had Ben Sawyer on the phone uh, last week, and he said, "Look, you know, uh, it's a it's a risk and reward thing. We have to be going out and trying to score two hundred rather than playing it safe and scoring hundred and thirty. And sometimes that doesn't come off. Well, we've just uh, lost our first ever series to Pakistan at home. So, question marks for you? Yeah, well, it's interesting that he says that because they were chasing a smaller total of about one thirty six, and they ended up one twenty seven for seven. So." Um, they didn't quite get that formula right. Obviously, in the first game, they didn't have Amelia Kerr because she was over in Australia in the Big Bash. And so there was lots of talk about her coming back, making a big difference. And unfortunately, even in the mm. second one, um, they didn't. Uh, being nine short, only seven down, you'd sort of wonder that perhaps they didn't take a, a, enough risks. And it, ju- it just seems to me there's a couple of Pakistan batsmen that tend to score a lot better at a run of ball, and it just feels as though the New Zealand batsmen are struggling to do that, and I think that's been the difference. What's the the, the biggest problem, Harry, in your eyes? I look at the squad and, and you think, look, there's a lot of class there, particularly what we saw in the WBBL. Uh, you know, Amelia Kerr, you had Sophie Devine over there hitting big big runs, and then you're coming over and playing for this team. Is, is there a culture problem? Is there something going on behind the scenes that we've probably not seen, seen any? No, I don't think so. I mean, we've got a, a class batting lineup, and as you've said, we've got mm. proven senior players that have been proven in all conditions and scored heavily in this format of the game. Um, and it yeah. just could be a case that, unfortunately, they're, they're not in the best of nick. You know, when you look at Susie Bates, Devine, Amelia Kerr coming back. I mean, we've got some quality, world-class players at the top of the order. And, unfortunately, they're just not firing. And when your top order doesn't fire in T20 format, it makes it really challenging for middle and lower orders to come in and score at sort of 7 and 8 and over. So we just, we literally just need more out of the top order. I, I know there was some mm. talk that, maybe um, moving um, Divine back to the top of the order. So I'm not sure if that's something that she's interested in or, you know, it's not what the team wants going forward, but that could be an option they look at. But, yeah, we just, um, I don't think we've been aggressive enough at the top of the order, to be honest. The New Zealand 11 played Pakistan in the warm-up, um, Harry. How much depth have we got coming through? I mean, I know Lee Kasprick is there and she's been on the fringes for a while, but how much in the way of options has Ben Sawyer got Oh, look, I think there's a little bit there, but I think he's, at the end of the day, I think he's got the best players for, for getting this job mm. done. And as I said, they're just, they're not, probably just not the best in Nick. And we we just need that top ordering, top order firing. I don't think there's anyone that's put their hand up that said, I 
you know, I can come into the top order and do that job. Um, but that, that's something they need to sort of get right because obviously quite a bit of reasonable home summer for the for the white ferns. So they'll be very keen to rectify that form and, and, and get ready for the rest of the summer. Work to be yeah, done. Yeah, they got one more. Yeah, there's work to be done and they've got another game to go to salvage, uh, you know, some, some pride back in that uh, black that black silk. So, hey, mate, uh, let's talk about the, the test team. They're taking on uh, Bangladesh. Obviously, uh, losing that first series, we do not want to go down and be a part of history. I think they've only lost uh, one home series against Zimbabwe and the West Indies. There's been a lot of talk about selections. Ravindra. To be in the team, how surprised will you be if he isn't? Um, I'll be a little bit surprised. I, mm. I think I, I have a chat with him. We both picked him in our first mm. test um, side. So I mm. think, look, for a couple of reasons now, he obviously offers that other um, spin option, but it just strengthens up that order as well. It will make it a, a pretty strong order, you know, whether he comes in for a, um, an Isodi or, or one of the middle-order batsmen. I think slotting him in at sort of six or seven um, is, is one is twofold really. It's great for him just to make his way in the you know in the test arena, not push him up too high, but give him a chance to settle. Um, and I just think it'd be a really good place to start. And, and, and there's been a little bit of talk as well. This is the start of the second round of the test championship, so this is important points. Mm. So New Zealand mm. really need to rectify that loss in the first test and try and. And it's difficult in Bangladesh in their conditions against their bowlers because as the wickets deteriorate, you know, the variation in bounce and the spin, we all saw it. So um, it's going to be challenging, but it's it's really important that New Zealand get it right in that second test. But I would certainly pick Ravindra if I was over there. Yeah, it's interesting, mate, because, I mean, we've talked a bit about Henry Nichols, right? And uh, I mentioned the stat a couple of times, I think, his test average is 38, but on the subcontinent it's 16. Uh, and they continue to pick him, right? But we saw that Rutchen being quite a risky player is probably going to be a better player of spin than what Nichols is. Um, would you would you slot him in at four, or would you look at maybe Will Young opening and, and, and bringing Devin Conway into four? What what would you be doing in terms of a, a rejig of this batting lineup? Oh, look, if it was Henry Nichols to miss out, and I feel sorry, a bit sorry for Henry Nichols because he seems to be the guy we always go to. We, we've got to remember that mm. the test before this one, he scored a double hundred, so he's and, and I take the point that um, his average in the subcontinent's not as good. But if he was to be replaced by Ravindra, I think you'd just slide Mitchell up to four, which I think he can handle. Um, and then perhaps Ravindra or Phillips at five. Um, so I wouldn't make I wouldn't make drastic changes, and I wouldn't want to chuck Ravindra up too high too soon. I mean, I know he had a phenomenal World Cup, and we want to get him in there at some stage, but I'd love him just to bat in that sort of middle to lower order to give him a chance to settle into the test arena. But they've got, yeah, there's so certainly we, um, decisions to be made. Yeah. So if we're strengthening up our, our batting stocks, uh, Harry, what about yep. the bowling side of things? We didn't probably have... We didn't have a, uh, the success that the Bangladesh spinners had in terms of that. So does AJS keep his frontline spinner spot? Yeah, I think so. I don't think you can make drastic changes. I just don't think we bowled well enough in that in that first test match. Mm. Um, you know, if you if you replace it, you've probably got to keep the two seamers. Obviously, a new venue, so um, the the two seamers and Southy and Jamison obviously have got to do um, their best work in that first innings. Um, and, and try and make early inroads, which makes it easier for that sort of spinning option. The other option um, is, is Ravindra comes in for Isodi because you've got 
the advantage that we had after that first test is the emergence, I guess, of Glenn Phillips with the ball. Um, mm. You know, I thought he bowled really well in the World Cup when he was asked to, and then he came out and got a forfer in the in the Test match. Um, so his his quality has certainly improved, and one that New Zealand are obviously happy to use him, um, and not just a part time role, but certainly get some un, um, overs under his belt. And being a right arm offy, he's going away. Um, he's going the other way to the the two left armers that potentially might get picked. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. I was reading that the car, apparently it looks like it's going to be more of a spinning pitch than, than the last one. Um, so that would suggest uh, maybe, you know, they need another another outright spinner. But yeah, I mean, Ish, Sodi, for you, where, where is he with his test career? Because he does seem to be that player that can bowl five great balls that, that really get the batsman thinking and then kind of lets him off the hook with a sixth every over. Yeah, well, he's been phenomenal in white ball cricket in recent years, and just he, he's never really had that much time to settle in Test cricket, and hasn't really set the world alight in that format. So um, I, I have a feeling that before this Test series started, they thought they were going to give him both the Test matches. They're in spinning conditions, and this is an opportunity for him to, um, I, I guess, in some ways, cement his spot um, when conditions, um, you know, suit him going forward. Um, so look. I did say that Ravindra might come in for Ish, but they may give him this other test match and that could be saying, well, these are the best conditions for spin. So, you know, let's give you an opportunity and see what you've got. Um, and, and that might, in some ways, going forward, making an easier decision whether to keep including Ish or um, just to, for him to sort of concentrate on his white ball cricket. Has, um, we're, we're one from eight uh, series since the ICC World Championship. Are you concerned, and, and why have we struggled wee bit in the red ball format? Yeah, it's a great question, is it? I, I don't really have the the um, magic formula or the answers, really. I mean, mm. we've got obviously experience at the top of the order and guys that are proven in the Test arena. Bangladesh, obviously, they've been away from home a long time. Bangladesh has always been challenging. It's never, mm. uh, it's never a, a place that you go to and generally batsmen score mountains of runs you know generally the test matches are approximately how the first test went you scored a sort of 300 to 350 in that first innings and then the scores get lower from there so two things New Zealand have to bowl better up front in the first innings and we've got to score more runs in that first innings you've got to take this you've got to take pressure off yourself scoring runs in that second innings because it is really really difficult and when the total we had to chase, which was 350 or 60, whatever it was in that second innings, was always going to be a really, really tough ask on that surface. So we have to be better um, with ball and bat in that first innings. You know, that's the absolutely key. And if you don't set the game up in Bangladesh in that first innings and you're behind the eight ball, you're in big, big trouble. You're chasing your tail and it's going to be really mm. challenging. And we've, we've seen that not just with this team, but in all the teams that have gone to Bangladesh. And that's been the formula. You've got to do well in that first innings. Do you, do you know much about the conditions and how they are expected to differ in darker uh, compared to the first test? I don't think there'll be much difference, to be honest. Is That's generally how um, most of the wickets play in Bangladesh. I don't like to generalise too much, but they're very spinner-friendly. Spinner um, and that's why I, you know, I harp on about the seamers have got to be um, really good in that first inning. So if they're going to get any help, it's going to be mm. first up. Um, so we've just we've got to pick up some early wickets, and and I know if we pick up early wickets, our spinners will come into their own and get into that middle order order of Bangladesh, and potentially you know the the opportunity to bowl them out for sort of 200, 250, and that's what we're going to be looking to do. So I know they'll put a lot of emphasis on that first innings.
Harry, uh, just looking across the ditch, mate, uh, you know, I know Neighbours has gone away and home, home and away is not what it used to be, but boy, Australian <laughs> cricket's providing the soap opera, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> you look at that World Cup and, you know, everyone was writing them off after about the first four or five games. Um, but they just, um, you know, they hit form at the perfect time and they played the perfect tournament, really. Everyone was sort of um, saying they're out and then... They ended up being the form, form team. You know, we all thought it was India's to lose, and uh, Australia came out and played as close as you could against a, an informed team, the perfect game. The way they bowled and fielded was just phenomenal. And then they just, icing on the cake with the way they did it with bat in hand, they just made it look so easy. Um, so, you know, they're, they're obviously going to be dangerous in every, um, in every format, as they always have been, but... Yeah, interesting listening to your State of Origin chat, just getting off the shop like a little bit. That's an interesting time. Yeah, mate, it's it is. Go. It's, it's all go on the, on that front. Um, well, actually, we had a text through from Ted saying, a league like most contact team sports is one up front. The problem with State of Origin is the top props in the game aren't Australian and haven't been for a while. The games themselves have been average at best, and Maguire has seen the power base lies with Pacific slash Polynesian players. I, I, I just love what, as he said, I mean, I, as a Kiwi, I'd love to watch a few Kiwis playing in that um, state of origin, but then understand that it sort of goes away a little bit from what it was designed for. Yeah, well, have you got a team, Harry? I mean, have you? most Kiwis seem to have a team when it comes to origin, other than Kempi, who says he only, he only cares about the black jersey. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I obviously prefer more about the black jersey as well, but I was sort of always a Queensland guy. Oh, well, never mind. He's not <laughs> yeah. accounting for taste, eh? He loves a winner. He loves a winner. Hey, uh, hey, Harry. Just, just on on the Australians, they love to throw their own under the under the bus over there. Obviously, Mitchell Johnson throwing up uh, Dave Warner under the under the bus. There. Have you ever thought about throwing Flem under the bus? Well, not at all. But I throw him under the bus. He threw him over the whole bloody line of traffic. I thought that, that to me, uh, he made a point, but it was just how. Um, ferocious that point was. I mean, there's obviously underlying issues there for me. Um, look, yeah, look, it has a point. Um, one, some people are saying, well, he's not guaranteed to play three tests, so to say he's got to retire after mm. the third test. Causes other issues. As someone said, what happens if he fails in the first two? Is he guaranteed to be picked? Look, he's had a phenomenal career, and over a long period of time he's been a you know, a world-class player, and at his best, he's, he's amazing to watch. Um, and look, I think he deserves a um, a little bit of a send-off. There was obviously the Sandgate saga as well. Sandpaper saga, sorry. Mm. So um, there, there certainly has been some issues, but that was, yeah, I thought that was a um, pretty ferocious um, article from Mitchell Johnson. It's not the first time either. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> interesting jo- yeah, Johnson said that, because uh, he he did something in an article a little while ago when uh, Warner initially there was talk of him getting dropped and Candace, uh, Warner's wife, came out and said a bunch of stuff, uh, did did an interview somewhere about it and how, um, you know, it was unfair on her husband, that all this talk. And he uh, Johnson in a, in, a, in a column called it weird and cringy for her to do it. Um, <laughs> and apparently off the back of that, Dave Warner sent him a text which he said was incredibly personal and said some pretty nasty things. So I, I don't think this is going away anytime soon. No, no. So uh, expect a few more articles to come out. And obviously Mitchell Johnson's writing for a paper as well. So as he knows, um, the more controversial you can be in, in some ways, um, the more papers you sell. But yeah, I, there's certainly an underlying issue there. And they're obviously not <laughs> they're obviously not the best of mates. And um, it feels any opportunity to um, 
put the knives in. They're 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 being thrown um, fast and furious. Yeah. Did, did Flem ever hook you up with an HRV system or not? No, not yet, but I'm sure he would. <laughs> Flem's pretty good like that. Okay. Good. 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 All right, mate. <laughs> hey, good stuff, Harry. Thanks for coming on, bro. Yeah. Thanks, Hez. Anytime. See you in a couple hours on the course, mate. Oh, yeah, I wish. Too busy, mate. <laughs> Too busy in meetings, eh, Harry? You need to have more of your meetings on the course. That's what you need to do. Yeah, it's Christmas. It's a great time of the year to be selling, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good luck. Uh, 7.21 here on Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Always great to have uh, Harry on the show. You're listening to us. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. 7.26, it is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. And you can hit us on double eight double three as well. In fact, we've got a text competition. Text of the day all this week and next. Best text wins a fragrance package from Chemist Warehouse. Get more gift for your dollar this year by shopping the range of big brand fragrances from Chemist Warehouse. Whether it's a stocking filler or the main gifting event, Chemist Warehouse have got you covered. Pop in store or head online today. And plenty of good texts coming through. Is he, are you, what was your take on Ted's? Uh, text that I mentioned uh, with Harry there about, you know, state of origin, the top props aren't Australian. So uh, uh, that's why Maguire's looking at this because he, he sees the power base lying with the Pacific slash Polynesian players. Yeah, well, he's, he's had a front row look at it, hasn't he? Coaching mm. the, the, the Kiwis, he's seen the impact, you know, he's played against Tonga and seen the players at their disposal. Well, he's not wrong. You know, you think of the best props, they're all Pacific and, uh, you know, Polynesian players. And, yeah, so he'd be doing everything possible to get uh, access to them for, you know, because the game's one up front. They're the ones that do all the hard yards and, you know, eat up the metres, do a lot of the carries, hit-ups. So that's where the game's won and lost. Um, so he'll be doing everything possible to make a, a change there. But uh, whether he'll get his way, well, I don't think so. I don't think Rugby uh, League Australia will go down that line because it just opens up a can of worms. You know, how far does this go? You just lose the appeal that is state of origin, born and bred in their own country. Yeah, it's a kind of similarities to the situation now. Do we select players offshore or do we stay tried, tried and true to our own backyard? Because once you open up that can, can of worms, you can't come back. It's a long way back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It is a long way back. I mean, the other thing that, you know, you've got to look at is how many tests are we playing? Where is our rep footy, right? In rugby league, there's there's, yeah. there's not enough of an international game. And a lot of that is because the Aussies put all the emphasis on state of origin. That's all they care about. They don't really care about the international game. Yeah, they don't. And we want to see more tests. And we'd love to see more tests. And if if there are if they are having a lot of access to these international players, that's more rugby league that these players are going to go. But... Uh, that they're going to play throughout the year, plus test matches. It just player welfare goes out the door, and that so you're trying to double up. Um, yeah, look, it's a lot of people in higher positions are going to have to make these decisions. But you've already heard from one of the greatest players, Brent Tate, saying no, this won't work. And I'm sure um, a lot of the uh, pundits over there, the people in higher honours, are going to going to agree. Yeah, I'll tell you who we should get on to talk about this. We should get uh, Tony Kemp on to, to, to have a chat about it at some point. Kemp will have a, a better take on it, and I'm sure he'll be pretty similar to um, what what we're saying. And that's saying no. But, uh, you know, Madge McGuire, he's gone over, and well, they need to do something because New South Wales are struggling.
Yeah, struggling big time. Uh, double eight, double three is our text line. Uh, let us know what you think on that front. Uh, also, uh, David Farlogo is back uh, coaching. Uh, he's coaching the Otara Scorpions uh, this year. He's obviously played a lot for the uh, the Knights and for the Rabbitohs as well. Uh, Willie Poaching is also back in the country. He, he coached at uh, Leeds and Wakefield. Mm. So there's a there's a few Kiwi coaches fl- hanging around, mate. We need a better domestic comp, don't we, to give so them an opportunity. What's happening there with the, with the coaching gig? I know Wayne Bennett's put his hat in the uh, in in the circle and said he wants to come back, but I know that'll go against what Kempi's saying. But when you got a guy like that, Wayne Bennett at your disposal, and uh, you know Lowy's already come out, Graham Lowe, and said, "Well, you'd be silly not to go for that." Yeah, but we've been asking for a Kiwi coach. Well, I wonder what's whether or not. There. Yeah, I, I mean, Wayne's got one year left on his deal at Redcliffe, right? Mm. I mean, I would look at that and go, well, look, mate, you know, you've got so much know-how. Um, I'd bring them in to be like a director of coaching or a director of rugby league in New Zealand because mm. unless we have, and this is something Kempi talked about, unless we have, uh, uh, you know, the old barter card cup, for example, we something like yep. that that is actually sustainable, uh, semi-pro, where coaches, not just players have got a place to develop, but coaches have got a place to develop, it's going to be tough for Kiwi coaches to come through. And we've got plenty around, but what's their pathway look like? And we need somebody that can develop that and, and as Kempi said, coach the coaches. Yeah, I, I don't agree. I, I, I don't agree with them going for Wayne, Wayne Bennett. Like That just puts a, a block in the road of, of young coaches coming here and, and aspiring to be better. Like Wayne Bennett, great coach, very experienced, but he's, yeah, he's ageing. And obviously that's not a problem, but an advisory role for him with mm. New Zealand Rugby League would be better. You think of 2008 with yeah. with a team where they had success there, he was an advisor with, with the crew. So I think that would be a better pick. Go pick a young coach coming through. We've got some great coaches here in New Zealand. Stacey Jones' name's been thrown out tons. Why not just give him the role? Greg Peters, get onto it, get it sorted quick so we know. For the future. Yeah, exactly. They they did say, we had Greg Peters on before you came back, and he said that they wanted to ha- have a Kiwis coach named before the end of co- the first quarter next year. So we're looking, what, March probably? Okay. Yeah, so we'll have to so say. So still plenty of time then. Yeah, yeah plenty <laughs> of time. To wait and see what happens. Well, Nathan Kalis <laughs> has been uh, tipped as well, so there's a few names around. So, yeah, they do have some options, but like, you know, said again, uh, where, are the, where are the next coaches coming from? We need to look at that pathway as well so you don't keep yep. having this conversation. It is uh, 28 away from 8 o'clock, uh, not too far away uh, from catching up. The BMX World Cup, uh, Jeanette Douglas is going to join us. Right now, though, here is Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 25 away from eight, Kennard's Hire makes your job easy. Kennard's.co.nz sports headlines for you now. And the Wellington Phoenix have scooped all of the major accolades to start the new A-League season. Riley Foster and Alex Paulson have been voted the Men's and Women's Players of the Month for October and November, while Paul Temple and Giancarlo Italiano have won the respective Coach of the Month awards for October as well. Featherweight champion Amanda, Amanda Serrano has relinquished her WBC title after they refused to allow her to compete in bouts under the same rule set as men's boxing with 12 three-minute rounds. Women's fight championships are typically scheduled for no more than 10 rounds and each round lasting two minutes. Serrano, who unified WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, IBO and Ring Magazine titles, was... Um, 
among the women boxers who launched a campaign in October to have the choice to compete under the same rules as men. The Puerto Rican fought Daniela Ramos in a unanimous decision victory last month, which was the first time a women's title fight had been fought over 12 three-minute rounds. But the WBC did not sanction the fight, while the other sanctioning bodies recognised the bout as a title defence for the 35-year-old. She said on Instagram, the WBC has refused to evolve the sport for equality, so I am relinquishing their title. Wow, that is huge. The Serrano sisters, obviously, she fought Katie Taylor, yep. um, the Irish chick over there for Eddie Hearn, and uh, missed out on that one. But, mate, she's a huge name in the world of boxing. So what, what was their reasoning behind it, Ricardo? Like, why, why have they done this? Well, they, basically, they've never um, had women fighting three 12-minute rounds. And she's, so these group of boxers have said, look, we want to fight under the same conditions as men, and WBC have said no. So they do 12 two-minute rounds? Yeah, ten two-minute two minute rounds. Oh, ten two-minute rounds. Yeah. So she just wants extra. Well, why, why haven't they agreed to it? Well, that's that is the that is the million-dollar question. I mean, you would ha- you, basically from what she said, and I I haven't read too much into their reasoning. I don't know that they've released too much, mm. but it sounds like just uh, old school, um, you know, chauvinism basically. Is, is it the same point as in terms of tennis? You think with tennis they play uh, three three sets. Uh, yeah. In majors, whereas men go to five sets, you know, are the women saying the same thing? Can we go longer? Endurance, make it a, make it a, yeah, more physical and taxing game. Well, there you know, has... like of boxing, extra couple of minutes. Yeah, it's a big man. An extra minute is huge. Like try mm. try boxing two minutes versus boxing three minutes. It's it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, I know there has been talk because that's always the you know the stick that female tennis players get beaten with when it comes to equality of pay. It's like, will you play less tennis? So that's mm. why you don't get paid as much. And, yeah, there has been a lot of talk about them going to five five sets in uh, Grand Slams as well. Yeah, do it. And, if you know, if they want equal pay and, and equal rights, then give them the same kind of rules and regulations as the men's and see how they compete. And, and just, you know, just put some – test it out there and see, see what happens. You know, you don't really begrudge a, a person or an athlete trying to go – Longer and make it more physically taxing. No, I mean yeah. it's, it's, it's more of a test, right? More of a test that way. Mm, definitely. Yeah. So watch the space. See what the WBC do because everybody else seems to be on 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 the same page as the fighters. Um, and this mm. one uh, is a man. This is going to be massive um, because there is a big problem uh, with racism in Spanish football, uh, particularly in the crowds. Mm-hmm. A Spanish prosecutor said yesterday he has requested a four-year prison term for four fans in a hate crime case opened after a black effigy dressed, uh, dressed as Real Madrid winger Vinicius Jr. was hung from a bridge in January. The banner reading oh, Madrid oh. hates Real and an inflatable black effigy dressed with a replica Vinicius number 20 shirt appeared hanging on a bridge near the club's training ground before a match against their rivals Atletico Madrid on January 26. The prosecutor accused four members of far-right radical group Frente Atletico, who are followers of Atletico Madrid, of making threats against Vinicius and also of infringing fundamental rights. The four showed an unequivocal sign of contempt and repudiation of the victim's skin colour and an attempt to undermine the victim's peace of mind, it said. It's all fun and games till you get caught. There's a line in the sand and they well and truly cross the line. And there's a lot of that going on in football, Ricardo. It is bad. You know, you saw the Argentina-Brazilian game, fans absolutely fighting each other, security getting in there. Like That is a serious problem. They've already done enough trying to separate the fans and 
But it, it paints a horrible picture for, for football, doesn't it, with what's going on. Racism, there is no place in the game for racism, and there has to be a line in the sand. Four years is a hell of a lot of long time, but hanging someone from a bridge, that mm. paints a horrible picture. Yeah, it does, and that's the thing. I mean, they've had problems, as I said, mm. in, in recent times with this to the point where, you know, uh, black players have been um, chanted at with monkey noises and things like that on the pitch, yeah. and they have basically tried to lead their – they've quit and they've gone to walk off the field, and the teams have tried to stop the guy from doing it. There was a guy got red-carded by the ref for walking off the field because of it, but he didn't do anything about the crowd. So they've had those problems in Spain. So this, mm. the fact they've gone, gone this far in this case shows they might actually be starting to get serious about it. Well, they're starting to get serious about, um, you know, hate messages on social media. World Rugby had hired an agency to go through, and they're starting their little journey into this and pub- punishing, you know, fans out there that that do the wrong thing. So, oh, watch the space, mate. I think it's a great thing. Set the scene and, and get, get rid of it. No place for racism in sport. Can Kennards Hire change your life? No. Can they make your job easy? Keno, if they can. Kennards.co.nz. Those are your sports news headlines. 19 away from 8. 14 away from 8. It is Tradies Hour with night and day. Warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Uh, joining us now to talk the BMX World Cup is Jeanette Douglas. Uh, morning, Jeanette. How are you? Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem, mate. Uh, we've got this big uh, World Cup event happening in Rotorua in uh, February next year. Uh, how big is this for BMXing in New Zealand, having the world's best on our back doorstep? Oh, it's absolutely massive. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. So um, it's the first time we've had a World Cup in New Zealand, but we New Zealand hosted the World Champs back in 2013. So the opportunity to showcase the sport of BMX, but also our, our BMX riders um, on, on home soil to the world is um, absolutely fantastic. Sarah Walker, I got to spend a bit of time with Sarah Walker. She's an event advisory group. What does her role entail and how will she have an impact on the, the World Cup series? Oh, Sarah's just been um, incredible. Yeah, so she's part of the advisory group that um, really support the event team to bring this event to life and to make sure that we're delivering an event that's um, world-class um, for the riders that are going to be coming to um, New Zealand, some of them for the first time and certainly um, probably to Rotorua for the first time. Um, yeah, she's really connected still in the sport from a government's perspective um, through the IOC and UCI. And also she still has friends who, who race, so she's bringing, like, bridging that gap between us and we're, you know, we're absolutely um, stoked that she's come on board. She's a, you know, force of nature in terms of sport of BMX, and um, you know, it's, she's bringing so much to the table. Well, fans are able to attend. It's been held at the outstanding international Te Papa or Te Kauri BMX facility at Fakarewarewa Rotorua. What can they expect if they turn up? Oh, it's going to be t- oh, it's two massive days. So, um, the great thing about BMX is just so it's so it's quick, it's exciting, it's dramatic. Um, you know, so we've got two two rounds, so round one on Saturday and round two on Sunday, so you can pick and choose which day you want to come. You'll have the opportunity to see heats, qualifying and finals um, each day. Um, yeah, but we've, we've tickets are priced really accessibly from $5 for, for under 14. So it's just, an, we want an opportunity to showcase the sport of BMX, mm. you know, to p- get people, lots of the world's best cyclists all start in BMX. And obviously some of these um, go right through to the Olympic level. So as an Olympic sport, there's absolutely so many aspirational things. And it's um, BMX has just been confirmed for the 2032 Olympics in LA as well. So our New Zealand riders, 
you know, those ones, those 16, 17, 18 year olds who are, who are looking mm. at what that pathway could be. Um, it's just a fantastic opportunity for them to uh, either take part, some of them, or certainly watch those world's fairs. What are our participation numbers in BMX like through the grades? I mean, how, how far off are we having another Sarah Walker? Oh, we're, we're super close. That, and that's one of the exciting things around how we've achieved to get this event for this year. We've got a really great bunch of um, our junior, which is under 19 and under 23 riders. Um, you know, in, in the world's best, you know, they're, they're competing well into their 30s. So we've got this great group of young men and women coming through. And that, particularly in the under 23 space with Rico Beerman and Megan Williams, they both achieved bronze medals at the World Champs recently. Um, so we've got some really, um, and there's people nipping at their heels as well, um, so yeah, so we're re- I think we're really super close, and the opportunity for them to race in New Zealand, um, just in front of friends and family, I think it's going to be. And on and on there, particularly for Megan, it's her home club, um, so she's really familiar with the track. Um, but as most Kiwi riders get to Rotorua quite a bit. It is the only um, international level facility in New Zealand, so it's really well used. But um, and also we've got double header with Australia in two weeks following. So again, just a chance for these guys to race. And you know, some of them sleep in their own beds. It's going to be a massive opportunity. And what's on the line for these riders outside of you know winning a World Cup? I mean, is this part of qualification for Paris as well? Yep, absolutely. And again, another key reason why we really um, fought hard to get an event in this period. It's one of the last four events that you can qualify for Paris. So we're, um, we, you know, particularly in the men's field, we've got you know some really good chances to gain some more points for that. Um, but again, we're looking, you know, and further ahead um, for, to LA. It's just around getting that experience for these riders on their world stage. It's a massive commitment for for riders to head, um, you know, mainly, well, they have to go overseas to get this level um, of event. So it's a massive commitment for them. So having the opportunity for them to cut their teeth, um, you know, in, in front of friends and family and hopefully a really, you know, a, we just want everyone to get along and experience BMX. Yeah, what, what tell us about a bit about the Ruby project as well? Because I know you're using that uh, from a BMX point of view to get more people into BMX, particularly the girls. I've got a mate whose uh, daughter has been through this, so just tell us a little bit about that and how that's helping develop our next generation of talent. Yeah, I mean it's just a, just an opportunity to. Um, Make it more accessible and make it real, and you know, and just and get the sport. You know, the, uh, to get into BMX is just not about riding a bike. Obviously, there's some great skills that you can learn from that, but it's just an opportunity to to remove those barriers um, that are perceived and real in place. You know, obviously, anytime equipment is involved, um, there's a barrier there. So it's just an opportunity to remove those barriers. You know, and create a, a fun environment of which certainly BMX is certainly fun. It's a really family orientated um, sport, so it's just an opportunity to kind of show that to more people. Fantastic. All right, Jeanette. Well, listen, thanks very much for coming on and educating us a little bit about the BMX World Cup. It's going to be on our own doorstep in February. If people want to find out more about it, want to grab tickets, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, Head on to bmxworldcup.nz or check us out on social media. Good stuff, Jeanette. Go well. Enjoy the rest of your week. eh? Thanks, Jeanette. Awesome. Thanks for having us. No problem. Anytime. It is eight away from eight here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Yeah, three minutes away from 8 o'clock, it is Tradies Hour with night and day. You can warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. If you text through on double eight double three, remember we have that Chemist Warehouse Christmas Fragrance Pack to give away for our text of the day. Brad, I'm reluctant to let out my NBA power play punts now that his oh. is back. He might stop them. 
Come on, Brad. Come on, Brad. <laughs> Shearing's caring, mate. Let us know. Let us know your power play because Barry's come through and he doesn't really uh, follow a hell of a lot of basketball, but he's asked Giannis Otokumbo or LeBron James uh, and LeBron James and Kevin Durant to score 100-plus points combined, six bucks. Well, I've had a look. So the Lakers are taking on the Suns. That will be a, a big player off. I'm thinking... Durant and LeBron will go at it, toe-and-toe toe together. Uh, whether they can get 30 points each, because you think in averaging 35 from each of them over 100, I'm thinking one of them will get a, a nice score. And then you look at Milwaukee Bucks taking on the New York Knicks. I think Milwaukee will blow out the Knicks. And whether Giannis is on for the entire game. It's a tough punt. It's playing six punts. Bucks, Barry, I think have a crack at it. I think it might get, you know... Couple of those big name players really going off might might take it out. Mm. So have yeah. a crack, you yeah. might get it. And Brad, share your power plays, mate. Come on, all about it, mate. All about it. Um, <laughs> uh, Brad has also said, would Wayne Bennett be an exception to the rule, given that he was part of the mm. setup in two thousand and eight around the Kiwis? Uh, I, I think, like I said earlier, probably an advisory role. Get someone coming through the ranks in New Zealand, a young coach get him under your wing and, and show him the way. I think that's more fitted than him just actually taking over the role and making it his own because he's he's very experienced, but we want to breed our own. So get him in an advisory role like 2008 when he was helping out. Yeah, keep him rolling through. Double eight, double three is the Temper Beer Post text line. We have a fragrance pack uh, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse to give away each day this week and next week as well for the best text of the day. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to be talking some rugby. David Harvey out of the Crusaders and the All Blacks is going to join us. He's going to give us the uh, DL about Izzy's uh, complaint about his tools uh, not, not working yesterday <laughs> on the golf course and a few other things as well. Right now, though, here is Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Good morning, kia ora. Welcome into Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It is four past eight on your Wednesday morning. David Harvey joining us very soon. Paulie Mawadi later in the hour as well. Keep your texts rolling through. Plenty of those to get through on double eight double three as well with that Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack to give away each day this week and next. Also, an Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. Uh, clue number three, I am the most capped international player of all time for my sport. I am the most capped international player of all time for my sport. Uh, other clues were uh, that I've been to three com games and won two gold medals and one silver. And the first clue of the day uh, is I made my debut in 1994 representing South Africa 72 times. Too so easy. Absolutely too easy from Robbie. Um, he might as well just say, here you go. Here you go. You can just have it. Yeah, well, it's double eight, easy. Double eight, double three, if you know what it is and you want to score yourself that $100 Adidas golf voucher. A man that probably uh, doesn't need any Adidas golf vouchers. No, he I've, does actually. He was complaining yesterday he didn't get enough. Oh, really? I, I thought his pockets would be full of all your coin after a round yesterday, <laughs> is he? So, uh, David Harvey, welcome. How are you? Cheers, mate. Nah, thanks. thanks for having me. <laughs> Oh, Davey, Davey, Davey. Great to have you on, mate, and great to, to don the fairways with you yesterday, and we had a, we had a good catch-up. Mate, you're, you're in your break, and we just wanted to chat. What, what do the you know, uh, ABs boys get up to in their summertime break? What have you been up to? 
just more and more golf, to be honest, bro. Um, a couple of weddings <laughs> here and there, but um, no, it's been good to be back home in one spot for um, a couple of weeks, and no, we just played a lot of golf. So as you know, we had a pretty good haggle yesterday, so it's pretty good fun. Yeah. Uh, how's the mental? Sorry, sorry. sorry. I was just how, how's the mental state post uh, the World Cup? We know how taxing it is, mate. It's a long, long time away. You, you, you're thriving to to get that in goal. Oh, goal obviously fell short just a little bit. Is it is it quite taxing? Were you quite, um, you know, just tired post that World Cup? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, it's pretty demanding uh, those eight, eight weeks, but. Um, Certainly enjoyed the opportunity to be over there, and obviously we didn't come back with what we wanted. But um, no, it's just been good to be home and I guess be around family and loved ones. And um, you know they showed showed their support when we're over there. And uh, but the amount of messages we've had coming from New Zealand and, and finishing the way we did has been amazing. So uh, truly grateful for everyone and their support. Uh, David, this morning early I asked Izzy about his round yesterday and um, he was blaming the fact that he didn't have his clubs and he had to borrow some um, and that's why you beat him. Uh, any truth to those rumours? Yeah, that's definitely true. He's he's com- complained that my clubs weren't good enough. But somehow I end up beating him with them. <laughs> well, they are my old clubs, so it was, it was good to have them. So, hey, what are you complaining about? <laughs> and mate, tell us about hole three, that chip in. Oh mate, um, well, had actually decent drive once on that on that uh, on that hole. Usually put it in the water, put a pretty good drive down there, and just a nice nine iron bump and run. And geez, it went straight straight in. Had a bit of a party down there, didn't we, Diggy? <laughs> Oh, we did. It was great to watch, mate. Awesome to see. Hey, uh, obviously heading into another season, I've already copped a little bit of stick. People think that I uh, put those clips together, but it was actually Robbie. It was great to hear some awesome moments coming through the airways. But uh, it's a long time since that Crusaders win. You're heading into a summer break. Have you thought much about next year and under a different coach as in Rob Penny? Yeah, sort of a wee bit about it. It's definitely exciting. Like, um, you know, it's it's definitely big shoes to fill and um, with Razor leaving. But, um, yeah, with the conversations I've had with Rob, he's been, um, yeah, been really great in terms of, like, letting us have a wee bit of space and um, catching up when we feel time is right. And I, I know that a lot of the All Black boys coming back have already talked to him about next year. And um, it's going to be awesome. Like, the young group that I've seen around the... Rugby park at the moment is um, um, huge, and there's been a lot of boys that are, you know, ready to go already. So the boys are in that pre-season at the moment, and yeah, the next season's going to be cool. Um, you know, it's going to be good to to be back out there, I guess, come to- this time next year. What's important heading into a new year, David, in terms of like you've been on the razor for a very long time, you've had so much success. Now you're heading into a new campaign without your your sidekick Richie Moonga. Um, so for you, does that change much in your approach? Uh, I will, but I think it's just growing other connections. Like obviously we've got a few young teens there, so it's getting around them and. Um, just make sure they're comfortable in their role and you know not asking them too much just to to do their job on the field like there's a lot of um you know so there's a lot of good old cattle there like we've got a few coming back with Brian Crotty and Owen Franks as well so they'll definitely add to the environment um but yeah we've still got some 
extremely good talent there to, to be able to win another championship show. So um, it's going to be exciting and um, there's going to be a few fresh things around the around Rugby Park, but we're definitely looking forward to another good season. Yeah, mate, it'd be, I guess it'd be a bit of a changing the guard, eh? No, no razor when you walk in there for, for that pre-season and stuff, but he will be there when it comes to the black jersey. Um, I don't know how many uh, yarns you've had with, with Rob, but how, how much do you think things will change on the field from what the Crusaders normally do? Um, I don't think it's going to change too much. I think um, our DNA is going to be the same. Like we're going to um, obviously try to build that defence up and make sure um, we're really dominant in that area. And you know, with a guy like Matt Todd coming in, um, there's a lot of respect in what he's done on uh, on the park and, and and what he's done in our jersey. So I don't think a lot's going to change. I think it'll be um, in terms of how we're. Um, Moving around the field, we've seen a few uh, new ideas that are coming in from Rob and um, the other coaches, so it's definitely exciting. What about the the day that potentially David Harvilli will be donning that 10 jersey? I know Fergus Burke's been out injured, you've got Taha Kimara, who's a young kid, but I remember when you went to Hamilton a few years ago and you got thrown into the deep end at 10, you didn't look out of place. Is that somewhere where you think you could shine? Oh, I definitely, definitely think I could play there. I think um, uh, at the start, we've definitely got to trust our young boys that are coming through. Um, mm. And there's definitely opportunities that um, will come through that 10 jersey. Like, obviously, Ferg's out with us, Achilles and whatnot. But, um, like, we got Taha, Rivers, Ray Hunter there. They've just, just come down. They all had pretty solid minor 10 cut uh, NPCs. So, um, you'd think they'd get opportunity there first in a washed-up 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, I was, I was going to say that because there were some stories going around that they were going to give Lee Halfpenny a crack at 10 uh, who's obviously come down from Wales and I'm like, can you imagine running around playing the Welsh comp and all of a sudden <laughs> at 15 you, you, you turn up to Super Rugby uh, and uh, Rob says to Lee, oh mate, uh, you're playing 10 this week it's just a drawer, don't worry, it'll be fine <laughs> Well, it's a tough place to play in the drawer, you know they've got a Bloody hell of a crowd, and that heat's pretty tough to play in. So, um, yeah. if he's more than more than happy to play ten that game, I'm happily to sit on the pine for. Him. <laughs> oh, beautiful, mate! We're looking forward to to seeing you, you out there. I know you wouldn't been watching or keeping too close an eye on on what's been going on in camp, but mate, they had Kai Cutter France in there yesterday doing a bit mm. of a jackling and uh, grappling in in the dojo. Can you tell us? Yeah, I know Tamati Allison does a lot in defence. He gets you in there grappling, doing a bit of um, you know, ground and groundwork with in the in the dojo. Mm. What, what similarities does that bring to to the game of rugby? Yeah, it's um, it's a good question to be honest. Like we started it quite a while ago, but we never actually had um, sort of any decent tutors until Tamati and um, Kai Kata come in. It's it's mainly just about body awareness and how you can sort of have a stable base when you're on the ground and making sure you, you control the other body. Um, it's, it's pretty it's pretty good to, to have that sort of um, identity around it because there's a lot of things you can do in the tackle. Obviously, everyone wants quick ball in, in the ruck, so the more you can wrestle, the more time you can have your defence get set and uh, little things like that. Just one percenters that are, are going to help our game and help our defence. We've been talking a little bit this morning, Dave, about uh, State of Origin because there's been a bit of a chat that now that Madge mm. McGuire is uh, New South Wales boss, he wants to change eligibility laws so that Kiwis and mm. Poms and things can play in uh, 
state of origin. Uh, Brett Tate's not not a fan. Reckons he wouldn't watch it if mm. they did that. Would it water it down <laughs> for you, or would you be you in favour? Oh look, to be honest, any sort of state of origin game would get me get me on the couch and tuned in. But I think you genuinely have the best sort of um, NRL Super League. Um, Kiwi players and Australian players playing in it, so I think any sort of spectacle like that would be pretty amazing. I'd definitely, I'd definitely get across and want to watch on. Yeah, mate, it'd be fantastic. Is is that something you've ever thought about having a dabble with? At any point, you oh, ever had had, the, had sure. a contract waved under your nose at all? No, nah, not a contract, but um, it's a bit, it's cool to you know pitch yourself, you know, playing in one of those stadiums against you know the Rabbitohs or something like that. But um, yeah. Definitely can dream about it, I suppose. It'd be a six or a, or a one, you reckon? Where, where, do you, where would you put yourself? Um, maybe outside tender or something like that. Chuck him in the centres, eh? The big man can defend. He's got a hell of an offload and a good pass on him. Well, he used to have a bit of gas, probably slowed down a wee bit. Dagger's got him in that front. But anyway, <laughs> hey, um, I know your brother played had a crack for Tonga. Uh, Willie Harvilli, obviously um, playing for Moana this year, and uh, how is that something that that excites you? Obviously, eligibility rules have changed. Have you ever thought about potentially donning the red jersey, making your your whanau and your your family proud? Uh, oh, for sure. There's always opportunity there, but um, mm. you know, it's been cool to see him um, progress the way he did through the World Cup. He's played extremely well, and he's come back with uh, you know more. With a chip on his shoulder to try and get that ten jersey from from what he's told me for minor. So he's he's been enjoying the preseason there as well, and um, it was just cool to have you know sort of my all my family over mm. there, and they were they were chasing chasing every game um, whether we were playing for Tonga or the All Blacks. So they had an awesome time, and um, it's good to see him playing well. Well, just before we let you go, Davey, uh, it was awesome to catch up yesterday. What is uh, what are some goals that you would love to knock off your list going forward? You've you've been around a Super Rugby. You've won. Well, I can't even count how many titles you've won. I started my well, you made your debut with with me, and it felt like a, an age ago. Like, what's mm. excite? What excites you for the future? Oh, obviously, um, you know, I wouldn't be turning up if another title wasn't on the line. So that's what I'm mm. excited about. Um, you know, we're here to. To go another step further, so I'm definitely excited about that. And um, for the meantime, just playing a lot of golf and doing a bit of fishing. So that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> oh, mate, golf and fishing. It's, uh, it sounds like you should you should be best mates with Ryan Fox. And on that, they got he's got next week uh, this chasing the fox uh, charity he's tournament. He's right? Well, I was going to ask because yep. you're not listed here because I'm looking at the All Blacks team. The, for Team Rugby, and it's Anton Leonard-Brown, Damian McKenzie and Will Jordan. I'm like, surely you snuck some footage of uh, Jordan slicing a few and putting some in the water yesterday and sent it to Foxy and, 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 and see if you get subbed in. Oh, I think I will, actually. I'm actually um, carrying Will Jordan's bag, so, um, you know, I obviously can't play, but I'm happy to do whatever for the team. How did he get a spot? <laughs> Mate, that's what happens when you top try score at the World Cup. <laughs> Oi, how livid, how but, livid was he when Richie didn't pass him that ball? <laughs> uh, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. Like, I thought he was, Rich was actually going to slide over. That, the, the, <laughs> chasing the Fox is a, is a pretty cool event and what they're doing for, I am hoping. Last year, um, yeah. John Key had an awesome hole-in-one, so um, if he can do anything like that again, 
hell would be unreal. Mate, we had a few people here who were pretty filthy that uh, that that he didn't pass the ball just quietly because we had a few people who had Jordan for the hat trick. So, um, and so plenty of punters were upset about it, but that's all good. Hey, David, thanks very much for coming on, brother. Enjoy your fishing, enjoy your golf, Cheers, enjoy baby. your Christmas, and uh, look forward to seeing you back on the park next year, eh? Cheers, thanks. Thanks for having me. Anytime, mate. Anytime. It is 8.18 here on Izzy mate, and Kimpy for breakfast. I don't know how Will got the slot. No, I don't, I don't know, know how Will got the slot. Mate, Davey's flushing it. Absolutely flushing it. Will was shanks galore. Absolutely shanks. If you played Pegasus, there was one shot he hit really well. Pegasus, hole number three over the water, dog leg right. He actually drove that green on the fly, which is about 300 and something metres. So he can hit a ball, but, man, it was horrible yesterday. Yeah, all right. I'm sure he's going to enjoy this chat. Make sure we send that to him. <laughs> uh, Robbie, did you send this to Will Jordan, this chat, please? Thank you. Uh, it is 19 past eight. Keep your text rolling through. Uh, we are going to uh, unveil our winner for the text of the day in that Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack in the near future. We've also got Paulie Mawadi not too far away. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse keeping you healthy this summer. Yeah, welcome back to Crusaders Radio. How good. We all know you're here for it. A wee update for the one and only David Harvilli. That was for you, Cameron. I love it. No, appreciate it, mate. I love the banter that you bring every single day. Look, it's that time of the year, and they're heading into pre-season. We're heading into Super Rugby next week. Had a good catch-up with David Harvilli. And there's, an, there's a genuine option there that he could potentially play a bit of 10 mm. this year with with the Crusaders, Lee Halfman is coming over. He'll probably play fullback or, or maybe even wing or might not even get an opportunity. But David Harvey or Fergus Burke out. He played really well when he when he filled that role a couple of years ago in Hamilton. So you could see him as a genuine option played, to play. Played a bit uh, for Tasman at 10 too, hasn't he? Yeah, he's played, a, he's played a wee bit there. Yeah. He's got silky skills, man. He's probably got the best catch pass that I've seen in the game. He's um, He's very talented. How so, filthy uh, would you be if you're Damien McKenzie and Harvey has goes on an absolute tear-up and you're thinking, Richie Moe and Barrett are gone, sweet, the number 10 jersey's mine, and then Harvey does that, and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I don't think he's got any any problems here, old um, D-Mac. He's, he's absolutely flying, and he's looking good, looking to have a huge season next year. Uh, but Razor Ray, he's in the role, and it'll be interesting to see how he takes uh, the reins. You know, what, what what does the year look like for him? Is he able to do what other coaches do and take their hands off the All Blacks during Super Rugby? How many camps, mini camps is he going to have, catch-ups? He'd be so excited, Ray. I'd be all over it. And if you're wondering why Izzy started the break like that, it's because we got this text from Cameron saying, hey, Izzy, now that Tony is on holiday, you need a new name for your show. How about Israel Dad Crusader Radio? Um, and if you missed it too, just before Harvey, there was a montage that Robbie played um, of the Crusaders winning the Super Rugby final from uh, earlier this year. And Cam, another Cam, Cam from Cambridge, do we really need to hear that dagger? I'm crying at work now. So, uh, good, we've managed to ruin two people's days. That's superb. Yeah, sorry. So I forgot about it until Robbie did that. So that was all Robbie. It wasn't me. I'd had no input there. Yeah, blame the producer. If in doubt, blame the producer. Hey, we've got this text through as well from Kitty. Uh, Morena, fellas, good to hear you back on the waves, Izzy. Tell me this. Is Aden at the Warriors or not? If he doesn't want to play for us, then get gone. Thompson Twins or Lomax, have a chat with Shag or Razor, please, as he do it for the Waz Nation. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the big question. When your heart's not in it and you've come out publicly and said you want to move home for family reasons, uh, but they're not allowing him to, they want him to stay for at least one more year and be a part of the team, but your heart's not there. Like, What impact do we feel Adam is going to have on this team? He was very, very good last year, um, but whether he's going to have the same heart and desire this year, it's only time will tell. So you want people that want to be there. Yeah, um, we don't know how he's feeling. Only he knows. I'm sure Cameron George knows, and I know he had something to say on SEN, which we'll play for you soon. But uh, the Thompson twins, uh, he's talking about Tyrone Thompson playing for the Chiefs, his brother playing for the Dragons. Be a good get, Tyrone Lomax. You know whether he would make the make the switch over. Obviously, his father very influential in the game of league. Um, yeah, look. It's, it's a push. I'm sure they're pretty comfortable in where they're at right now. Well, I think the best thing about the Adam Fenua Blake situation is that the Warriors got him to commit to playing for tw- uh, for the Warriors for 2024, right? That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to. What it does do, though, is it gives the Warriors a little bit of power because they've said, yeah. if we let him go, we have to get something in return. And I think that's mm. that's the case. I mean, with all the meetings and all the chat going on, I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Fenua Blake suits up with someone else next season. But the Warriors using yep. this as an opportunity to get a trade piece that they want. And on that, one of the trade pieces I've been looking at is Kurt Capewell. Uh, and CEO of the Warriors, Cam George, yesterday was on with Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews yesterday. This is what he had to say on that. Kurt has um, come across our, our desk as someone of interest. Uh, Webby obviously is connected with him through his days at Penrith. Uh, he's very fond of him as uh, as a person, first and foremost, and clearly he's got some great capability on the field, and he's had success everywhere he's gone. And we're going through a you know a phase in our footy club where we didn't have juniors for a number of years due to COVID, um, and now we've re kicked that you know restarted that off, and we're looking for experienced, high high level athletes, competitors to come into our club to really set the standards for our kids or the future coming through, and Kurt's one of those guys and um, look if we can get him fantastic um, I think he'll add significant value to our footy team and our club and our fan base would really enjoy him um, he's a winner and uh, that's what we want we want competitors in our footy club the options there if you know if uh, him and Brisbane want to look at those um, look it's up to him where he's at with his longer term future we're, we're certainly expressing our interest and looking he's got to decide you know, he's got a year to go at the Broncos and they've got to have that discussion. And mm. if they want to, he wants to come and talk to us about this year, mate, we're, we're certainly willing to. But um, we respect the fact he's got a contract with Brisbane. But he's got to decide and him and the club will decide what they want to do and then we, we can be there if, uh, if need be. You know, he's on the market for 25 and that's what we're looking at. Um, now, if that was to eventuate and um, him and Brisbane decided that there was an option for this year for us to talk to him about, we'd be happy to do that. But... Our interest has been around the longer term uh, proposition as well. So you're not looking like it's a hundred percent done, is he? Nah, the Broncos' um, leaders and stars are absolutely fuming that the the Broncos have actually considered it, or you know, you know, had a had a had a had a listen to it, and maybe potential thought about it. Um, oh, I think it, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. You know he's in, he's in a he's in a good role there. He's happy. He's settled. He's in a team that's winning or close to winning. Will go close again this year. I feel uh, whether he'd make that sacrifice. I don't know how much he's on over in in Australia, but if if the gap is huge, is money enough? You know, is money enough to come and change uh, lifestyle, uproot everything that you know to come over 
a different place and have a crack um, have to be a huge deal. What is it, 1.2 million? What's he on over in, uh, at the Broncos? Probably what, seven, eight? Yeah, I, I think uh, around there, about seven fifty. I think. Uh, but the, mm. the thing for the uh, Brisbane is that that Brisbane want to move him because they want to free up funds to tie down Reese Walsh and Ezra Mam. So okay, they have they have reason to, to, to deal as well. You know that because there's talk that yeah. the Dolphins are after Ezra Mam. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's more at play than just that. I think there's a lot of balls in the air at the moment, and I don't think we're going to see everything settle until probably February. Yeah, well, and then they got a yeah, like you said, Reese Walsh. She's going to go for plenty, best player in the comp. Um, so, well, they got a sacrifice to make room. Um, that that looks like probably the the ideal sacrifice and a big get for the for the Warriors. Well, yeah, time will tell. Indeed, it will. It is twenty eight away from nine o'clock. Time to catch up with Ada Huffer news with Kubota. Kubota's in stock catalogue is out now. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18, Paul Mawati uh, joins us, uh, our regular uh, golf correspondent from the TAB. Morning, Paul. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Ricardo. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah it's uh, not the best day down here in Christchurch, but we'll get over it. What are you hey, doing yeah. in Christchurch? Oh, cheers. I'm, go- I'm-, I'm going to play golf with Izzy today. <laughs> are, you? are you actually here or not? Yeah, I'm down here. I'm down at Addington. We're doing a, a few things with the Harness Cadet of the Year. So, yeah. Oh, well, thanks for the invite, mate. I had a spot open for you uh, today, but no, you must be busy working. That's all good. How long are you here for, Paulie? Are we going to catch up? No, I'm back home to, well, later on tonight. So, straight back down this morning, back home tonight. That's it. Done. Uh, there all good, done, mate. All good. Well, there's plenty going on in the racing world. Aegon, we just uh, read some Love Racing news, is back potentially this weekend. Mad Max, either tomorrow or Sunday. Mad Max is obviously a big purchase for the Ready Run sales yesterday. And I'm having a wee look. Maybe potential for it racing in race two. $3.30, has any money gone on that? <laughs> Punters are very, very keen. Uh, to be fair, I'm just talking to a couple of the cadets down here. One of them, uh, Carter Dalgetty, um, he's going to let me know one or two good ones you should be on this weekend. So I'll let you know, or I'll text you boys later on when he gives me the good oil, and then um, you can let the listeners know. So, yeah, hopefully we get a couple of good ones uh, the harness leading down here on the weekend. Um, I'm just having a look at the moment at the NBA and the in-season tournament. And, of course, yesterday uh, we saw a big, big upset uh, with the Pacers uh, knocking over the Boston Celtics. And I think the Pacers were around $15 to win the in-season tournament. Um, They would have come in from that after that big, big win yesterday. There's a couple of uh, the last two quarterfinals on today. Um, Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks have been very well backed. Uh, they look a very good thing, according to punters. And the other one, the Suns uh, and the Lakers, Bookie's struggling to separate these two. Suns, uh, mm. slight outsiders there, but the punters, they don't have any worries in separating these two. They love the Lakers here. Uh, they have been very well backed. 65% of turnover in the head-to-head market is is on the Lakers to win that uh, quarterfinal in the in-season tournament. So plenty of support for LeBron and his Lakers. 
uh, as uh, there is for Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. It's interesting. There's a guy, Brad, that listens to the station. He's always texting us in his, uh, his NBA tips. He's backing the Suns and the Knicks to win today. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't trust the Knicks to lie straight in a bed, let alone win a game for me, mate. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that? Uh, well, he's going against the tide, um, which may not be the worst thing, because I can tell you there was around 90% of turnover yesterday was on the Celtics uh, head-to-head to beat the Pacers. Uh, I think we had a $4,000 bet and a $2,500 bet uh, on the uh, Boston Celtics to win yesterday, so... Sometimes swimming against the tide can be a good thing. Although, I just I like the way that the Lakers and LeBron have been travelling at the moment. So, oh, I do like them. I think they're a wee bit of value at around the at around the dollar eighty mark, and the punters are also heading that way as well. All right, mate. Um, we've also got uh, another test match starting in Bangladesh today at four thirty. Uh, what? Where's the money been coming? Are you getting more on Bangladesh now? They still look like a wee bit of value, don't they? Mm. Certainly after that first test victory. Um, I'm just thinking, look, they're 1-0 up in a two-test series. Uh, are they going to produce a docile pitch? Because all they really need is a draw to win the series. Um, or are they going to go all out and, and produce a pitch that's probably going to turn a bit? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Once again... The turnover has been fairly light, and I think punters were just waiting for both sides to name their teams before they actually got a uh, serious. There's been a wee bit more on the Black Caps, even though they have drifted. They're around a dollar ninety-two in the head-to-head market. They're out around the two-dollar mark now, um, and the Bangladesh team has come in slightly. Uh, I still think they look like a, a wee bit of value. Um, the way they played in that first test. I think their bowlers really, really uh, stood up, and um, I just know I don't know about the makeup of the uh, Black Caps team. Love to see Ravindra in there somewhere. Um, I, I think he was, he showed at the World Cup um, that he's seen the ball um, like a pumpkin at the moment, um, and he also adds a wee bit uh, with the ball as well. So uh, for mine, the value is in. Um, Bangladesh, um, but the money at the moment slightly more on the Black Caps to win that second test. And and who who won on Pakistan uh, White Ferns yesterday, mate? Were there a few uh, few few fans <laughs> of the Pakistani team uh, who got full pockets today? Yeah, certainly were. Yeah, uh, what were they? They were. I think the um, White Ferns were. They were around the. Dollar twenty uh, odd mark and and uh, wow. uh, Pakistanis were at around four dollars. That was oh, but once again those who jumped on the Pakistanis. Well, they although it was slightly closer in the end than it probably should have been. They were they were cruising all the way. Um, they put up a, a reasonable total and their bowlers did the trick, knocking over that uh, what the top four uh, batters from the White Ferns for about what was it twenty nine. For four, I think it was. So, yeah, they got the job done. And um, there were plenty who jumped on Pakistan at those juicy odds. Yeah, all right. Good to see somebody get paid, Paulie.
Good to see somebody get paid, mate. And uh, hey, just uh, we always value your opinion on the show, man. We were talking about uh, uh, the Australian Rugby League. Apparently, you've hit Madge McGuire up for mm. some um, uh, some thoughts around eligibility for Origin and maybe changing that. He's suggesting that uh, Tier One nations. Uh, players like the Kiwis and the, and the and the English should be allowed to play Origin as well and not affect eligibility. Uh, Brett Tate's come out over in Aussie and said, nah, I, I wouldn't watch it anymore if they did that because it would dilute it. What do you reckon? Um, I actually like the way it is at the moment, um, just mm. selecting those players who are eligible for the Kangaroos. Um, I guess the only way that we'll see a, a rule change or a or in a rule adjustment would be if Queensland were struggling to find players for their state of origin side, <laughs> then they'd start, then they'd bring in uh, a new rule that says, now nah, we can, like the likes of Adrian Lamb, who played for, uh, qualified for Papua New Guinea. Um, we'll start to see a sort of rule like that pop in there. So yeah, outside of that, I don't see that changing. They've, they've got a very, very good product uh, at the moment. Um, and look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's exactly what Brent Tate said. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. As the old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Paulie Mawadi, <laughs> you are the guru. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I wish I could pick a winner these days. I'm struggling at the moment. Mate, you're not the only yeah, one, give mate. give us something, Paul. I just heard uh, there's a text come through saying Mad Max has been scratched today. Oh, hey. Well, we're going to have to find somewhere else to go then, aren't we? We are. What else have you got yeah. for us? No. <laughs> I'll text you boys later. Oh, right. We'll get the inside anchor rather than the on-air anchor. Brilliant. All right. Good stuff, Paulie. <laughs> go well, brother. Cheers, Cheers boys. Have a good day. Cheers. Check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. It is 18 away from nine. It is 13 away from 9, and uh, a quick update from Barry, who told us Mad Max was scratched. Mad Max isn't scratched. He's running in race 4. Barry was scrolling in race 2. So thanks for that, Barry. That's uh, Thanks thanks for Craig the daily... Craig pays the bills on top. Uh, $3.30. Opened up at three fifty. Excellent. Are you, are you on? No, I'm not on because... I don't want to stop it. Yeah, no, fair I, enough. I, I'm definitely, I'm a stopper. I 100% agree, mate. Everything I touch just turns to, to crap, so I'm off. You're, he's um, off it. He's off it. Uh, mm. J- James has texted through, the only way Origin will change is because New South Wales can't beat Queensland after another decade of dominance thanks to Slater and Co. Yeah. I know. Def- this is trying to enhance uh, New South Wales problem that they have at the moment struggling but then Jamie's come through another guy says hi guys if guys are eligible for New Zealand eligible for Queensland then why can't he do both some more and Tongan players already do I don't get how Origin decides yeah, yeah look it's it's a fair point what do you reckon well it's because they they still consider Samoa and Tonga to be tier two mm. nations despite yeah. both of them having played in World Cup finals in the last few years it makes no sense it does. That, that, that kind of has to change. They're definitely tier one, particularly with the way that they're competing. I think this is just a case of, you know, uh, the, the relationship with the trans-Tasman. They won't, they won't want any chance to help uh, the Kiwis out whatsoever. Um, 
And you know the game's evolved around state of origin at the moment. That is the top of the top. Mm. International games way down the picking order. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Now we do have to uh, give away a couple of prizes. Uh, one of those is the Who Am I uh, prize for the uh, hundred dollar Adidas uh, golf voucher. And uh, here are the clues. I was the I am the most capped international player of all time for my sport. I've been to three com games, coming away with two golds and a silver. And I debuted for South Africa in 1994 and played 72 times for them. Who am I? The answer, is he? Irene Van Dyke. Irene Van Dyke. Pretty pretty easy, Robbie. Yeah, pretty from easy. From the get stick. I mean, you, you, but hey, still had to get it right. I uh, wait for Friday then. Yeah, you know it. You, you, <laughs> you know it was easy when DJ Timmy got it at quarter past six. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and TJ Timmy, you got a you got a voucher coming your way, mate, because you need new gloves. I felt sorry for you. You got it. You won it. You won it. And then uh, we also had a text of the day, and we've got uh, these uh, fragrance packs, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, to give away. And uh, our uh, text of the day today, winning a uh, Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack, Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances for Christmas at unbeatable prices, is Brad. Confirming what we all knew, I'm reluctant to let out my NBA power play punts now that Izzy's back, he might stop them. So well done, Brad. I know we teased you yesterday, uh, but we'll give you one today, mate, so congratulations. But he actually has come through and sent through his power play. Whether he's trying to put me off the scent, it's pretty obvious <laughs> when he picked the Suns and the Knicks, isn't it? Yeah. He's gone the opposite. Gone the the Bucks and the Lakers trying to put me off the scent. But there you go, Brad. Thanks for sharing, mate, and uh, I'll stay off it. And I won't go. I won't, uh, Stop it for you, mate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So jump I on I wanted those. to give that to Cameron. I wanted that to do that to Cameron and give Cameron the gift for calling it Crusaders Radio. But Cameron, I love your banter. Keep it coming, mate, and you will come close. If I have a chance to pick it, you might go close, Cammy. Yeah, keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. We have another one to give away tomorrow as well. We are eight away from nine. Smithy up next. We're a few minutes away from 9 o'clock. Uh, Smithy will join us shortly, hopefully. He's not just uh, not in the chair at the moment, but is he looking at that Black Caps team, what happened last uh, test? What changes would yep. you make? What do you want to see happen? Luke Ronke in charge over there. Oh, it's the the obvious one, obviously, as <laughs> obviously Rashing. Just give him, a, give him a crack, mate. When you, Like Smithy said the other day, when you're on fire, you're on form, you know, have have a give him a crack. And Daz Mitchell, I heard him talking on the news the other day about Henry Nichols and uh, Russian Vavindra. You know, like he had to wait in the seat for for a few years before he got his opportunity. And you know, waiting is is a good opportunity to see how conditions play out. You know, take a few things that you could potentially use going forward. The conditions are different, um, so you're not just obviously sitting there waiting for your, for your opportunity. You're learning along along the way. So we know what rations got at his disposal, but I'd love to see him have a crack and potentially probably chuck Neil Wagner in. Yeah. Chuck and Neil, you know, you know how much effort he puts in out there every single week. Um, maybe do that change with uh, Kyle Jamison, give him a crack to, to get out there and just come steaming in. Um, so it's obviously the spin is a huge factor in where the Russian Vavindra comes in and, and gets an opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. The market at the moment, New Zealand are favourites at $2. Bangladesh mm. are paying three thirty-five. The draw is at three thirty. Uh, some interesting boosted options. Kane Williamson, to be New Zealand's top run scorer in the first innings, has been boosted from three seventy-five to four fifty. That looks. Has a he had good five bet. centuries in a five centuries straight? 
Oh, well, five centuries and five tests, yeah. Not five centuries five straight, tests. but yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Been going all right. You'd have to say that's a good bit. Yeah, it's a bit. Oh, it's four, is it? Sorry, it's four. Robbie's telling me it's four. This will be Chasing five. five. Chasing five. Chasing mm. five. Uh, another one is uh, boosted from eight to ten dollars. Daryl Mitchell scores 50 plus runs. Jamison takes three plus wickets. Yep, that's a good bet. Daryl Mitchell's always there or thereabouts. Uh, every test series tends to get a, a good start and whether he can kick on. Um, I think the big question with, with the Black Caps is Devin Conway. Mm. You know, how, how's Devin Conway tracking since his explosive start to the IPL, uh, to the Cricket World Cup and that first innings, you know, hit it out of the park? But then he kind of wavered a little bit towards the end. Have we seen enough from him? Yeah, well, does he need to be better? Well, I think he does at the moment. There's some talk about burnout with him because he's played so much cricket mm. as well. I've also, you know, talked to people like Ken Rutherford and that about Devin Conway, and they reckon his best spot is three or four. They don't reckon he's mm. he's really an opener. He's just covering at the moment. So, I mean, that's yep. the other option is you you get Will Young in the team, and you put mm. Devin Conway to four and uh, and and drop Nichols out of the side would be would be another option. Yeah, give it a little bit of tinkering, and Smithy's just coming on, uh, and he's going to be joining us, uh, joining the show in the next hour. But it's been a great show. Thanks for your input, Shot Ricardo. We'll chat soon, brother. Yep, sounds good. Uh, coming up, uh, Smithy is going to take you through till 9 o'clock, of course. No doubt he'll be talking plenty of cricket, and uh, we've got that test starting at 4.30 this afternoon between New Zealand and Bangladesh. Here is Araha with the latest news for Kubota. Their in-stock catalogue is out now.